Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mysterious Headlines. Tonight we're going to talk about where we go from here in the Gabby Petito case and what this case really means. I know for me this case captivated me from the beginning and as it did for millions of other people around the world. And we've talked already about you know, why this case has captivated so many people. And now we have some resolution to the case, knowing that Brian Laundry is dead, but we're still left with so many questions, so many questions. And some people say, well, the case is done now. You can stop following, you can close the book, And if that's your choice, then that's your choice. If you want to close the book, if you want to stop following and paying attention, then that is your choice. But I think for me and for a lot of people, I know that there are still a lot of questions. A lot of questions we do not have answers for. And a lot of questions we want answers for. And... I know I want to stay invested in this case for as long as I can to see what answers we can get. I know I want to stay invested until we get some answers. Now it's very possible we won't get all the answers we're searching for and that's a reality we have to face but I do believe we will get some answers. And I'm going to stay invested until we get some of those answers. I'm choosing not to abandon the case here. And so it's up to you if you continue to follow the case. I will. And I will make podcast episodes when there's information, or I might add them into other podcast episodes I'm already doing, if it's just a small piece of information. But if you're still interested in hearing how things move forward, you can stay listening to this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, and when we hear something new, I will share it here. But I was thinking today, you know, everybody, everybody has different thoughts, different things surrounding, you know, what questions they have and what they think moving forward. And I did a little reflecting this morning. And for me, these are the main questions that I have that I think a lot of people may agree with, and I would like to have some answers. The first question being, how do you not answer the Petito family calls about their daughter? How do you go camping as a family together, nonchalantly? How do you let your son leave on his own, especially if you're concerned about him? And how do you stay inside your house while he is missing? I think those are all questions that we can't dispute. We can't dispute and say, well, no, that's, 
you know, that's probably not likely. These are things that we know happened, that we saw the family do, and we want answers on. Now, last night, Marnie from News Nation TV conducted an interview with Stephen Bertolino, the laundry family attorney. Now, yesterday was the first time that he has spoken face-to-face with anybody. All the communication up until yesterday was via text message. So it was very interesting that he finally agreed to do interviews. And Marnie interviewed him, as I said, from News Nation. It's about a 20-minute interview. You can watch it online on YouTube. And I honestly couldn't watch the entire thing. I watched about half of it and then I clicked off because I was honestly just feeling too emotional about everything. And I was feeling awkward and angry at Stephen Bertolino in the interview. And I just couldn't watch anymore. And so I clicked off. But if you're curious, you can watch the entire interview. But Marnie did a phenomenal job. The part that I saw, she did a phenomenal job asking questions that people have had for so long. And some of the questions she had to ask three and four times to try and get an answer. And she did ask why they did not call the family why they did not answer the calls. And his response was very telling. If you watch the interview, you would see that he basically says, now is not the time to talk about that. Did you forget that we have a family that is grieving the loss of their son? Maybe one day we'll talk about it, but not now. And after this is when I clicked off of the interview because Stephen Bertolino, the lawyer, had already been upset and angry, visibly upset and angry in the interview and had already kind of yelled in the interview. And then he made this statement, this response And it made me click off the interview because I thought, seriously, how could you be saying that right now? Gabby's family has been grieving for over a month and a half since their daughter went missing. They have been grieving, trying to figure out what happened to her. Where is she? Then they find find out she died. They could start the grieving process. Then they find out she died by strangulation. They have been grieving this entire time. And you're going to tell us that now is not the time to answer that question. And that there is a family grieving the loss of their son. I get that they're grieving the loss of their son. And I give them that right to do so. But how dare you tell us that now is not the time to talk about that. When is going to be the time to talk about it? 
because no one has been able to talk about that and answer that. That is the number one question that people have. Why did they not answer the Petito family's calls? Why? Now, I did hear from a different news outlet, not News Nation, but a different news outlet um, who also interviewed Stephen Bertolino. And he said he advised them not to talk to anybody. They had contacted him to be their lawyer, and he advised them not to talk to anybody. And so that would somewhat answer our question that he told them not to talk to anybody, including their family, which then that tells us that all they were worried about is legality. They're worried about getting in trouble with the law rather than doing what is right and what is what a human being would do, what a decent human being would do. And that's why I clicked off the interview. I just felt kind of disgusted about everything and I clicked it off and I said, nope, I can't do this anymore. Now, in some respects, the case does end here. Brian has been found dead. There will, no be, there will be no trial. There will be no hearing. So in some respects, it does end here. But we do expect we will get some answers to some questions as the FBI continues to investigate. Because we know the FBI will be continuing to investigate. It does not end for them. They're going to continue to investigate and find answers, and we will get some answers. They're going to continue to examine Brian Laundrie's body, try and see if they can determine a cause of death and a time of death. Now, that is going to be very difficult because the body was so... The bones that they found um, were so decapitated that that will be difficult for them to do unless it was a really big self-inflicted wound like a gunshot it will be hard to note how he died and exactly when he died but they will be attempting to do that in the days ahead and we know as of today they sent the body to an anthropologist so that is under review as we speak and I suspect that when the FBI hears about it, they will share that information. Now, we also know they're going to be combing through the articles that were found near the remains. We know there was a notebook in a dry bag. They have said that notebook is intact. And they are going to be looking through that notebook. We are hoping to hear what they find in that notebook. There's lots of possibilities of what could be in that notebook. And I ran a little poll on my Instagram, MYS Headlines, just because I was curious what people think might be in the notebook. And... 
the poll is still up if you want to go vote. Um, go on Twitter at MYS Headlines and you can vote. But so far, 27% of people think there might be a confession in the notebook. 7% of people think there might be a suicide note. 20% of people think it might be drawings, because we do know Brian Laundry was an artist. And 46% of people think nothing. Nothing of substance. So, that's interesting. You can go cast your vote on my Twitter page. Let me know what you think. Obviously, I think we're hoping that there's a confession in there. That he wrote out what he did. Why he did it. Like a journal entry. We're hopeful for that because that's the only way there might get be answers here. But it's also possible he wrote a suicide note. It's also possible there's drawings. And it's possible that there's really nothing in there. Nothing of substance. I mean, there could be just doodles and drawings that really don't seem to mean anything. So it'll be interesting to see if and when we hear from the FBI about what's in that notebook. And then there was also a backpack found And so we don't know what could be in the backpack and if any of that might be telling to law enforcement and FBI. So we're going to have to wait and see what they might share about that. And kind of the last piece of this is the theories of what people think kind of happened here surrounding not necessarily Gabby Petito's Um, death, but what happened after Brian Laundrie came back? And there's a lot of different theories floating around. There are still a lot of people that think something is not right here. Something was planted. Something is up. And I know that I've had that thought cross my mind. You know, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say like, I have not had the thought cross my mind that, you know, things seem suspicious. But I also, I also think it's really far out in left field to say the parents planted the remains or the parents planted a piece of evidence or one of his items. I think it's pretty far out there to say that that happened it's certainly in the realm of possibility but I think it's highly unlikely and I just don't want to stay hovering in that camp that camp that like oh no you know Brian's not actually dead that was someone else's body that was hidden there and they got it wrong the dental records were wrong or they you know they they faked a suicide and then he's really on the run somewhere else and these are legit theories that people have and you have the right to think that and believe that but I think they're so far out in left field that really investing energy into them is kind of pointless and so I'm choosing not to do that now I do think it's suspicious how everything turned out I think it's suspicious that the day after the reserve opened up suddenly He's found and items are found. 
and that law enforcement had been searching there for a month and hadn't found anything and that they had cadaver dogs out that apparently searched in almost every area and cadaver dogs can smell any drop of human up to 95 feet below water and yet they didn't find him. So there's a lot of things that are suspicious about it. And I do think there's more to the story than what we know. But I'm not going to go as far as to say Brian's still alive and that's a different human and they miss, they miss identified the human remains and that's not Brian. I'm not going to go that far. I think FBI are really good at their job. I think they know how to properly, and coroners, I know think they know how to properly identify a body. And they would not come out and make a statement if they're not 100% sure that it's his body. So I'm not going to go that far. But I do think the Laundries know more than what they've shared with their lawyer. Or I think they know more than what the lawyer has said. You know, I, I do. I think to say they know absolutely nothing about the entire situation is ridiculous. Now, to the extent of what they know, I'm not sure. And that is a big question. That is a big question on everyone's mind is how much did they know? And what did Brian Laundrie tell them when he returned home? What could he have possibly told them? Did he come home and make up a fake story about, oh yeah, we got in a fight, like we're taking some time apart, she met up with a friend and is gonna hang out with a friend and that's it? Or, hey, we ended the trip early, she decided to go back to New York. Like, he could have certainly fabricated a whole fictitious story. And I could understand believing that kind of story maybe at first. But then the minute you hear that Gabby's missing, that story would go out the window. The minute you hear that Gabby is missing, all of that goes out the window. All of it. If he said, oh yeah, she went back to New York to see her parents for a while. The minute she goes missing, and the minute you get calls from her parents, you say, wait a second, this story doesn't add up. Or he tells you, oh, she met up with a friend for a little bit. The minute she goes missing, well, this doesn't add up. So no matter what they knew, It does not look good. Them staying silent and only speaking through their lawyer does not look good. It has not done well for them. And it caused their son to now be dead. Gabby was already gone at that point. Probably, you know, by the time that they heard anything, Gabby was already gone. But now their son is gone. Their son is gone. And if they had chosen to act differently, he might not be. And you know the saying, hindsight is always 20-20. And I wonder if the parents are looking back now 
saying, shoot, maybe we should have responded differently. Maybe we should have reacted differently. And maybe we would not be in the situation we are now, grieving the loss of our son. Lots of questions, unanswered questions. Will we ever know what truly happened? It's hard to say. Unless he wrote a confession in the notebook, I don't think we'll ever really know what happened in Wyoming to Gabby. You know, besides the fact that she was strangled, I don't think we'll know what led up to that. And unless they're able to, you know, find that there was a blunt force trauma to his body, we'll never really know how he died. We can assume suicide, but we don't know. It could have been an animal attack or something else. And so some of these questions we may not get answers to, And we're going to have to move on without those answers. And so I think about this case as a whole. And thinking about, you know, we we will probably get a handful of more answers to a handful of more questions. But we won't get all the answers to every question. And so... Does that mean that there is no justice for Gabby? Does that mean that this case did not have a purpose? And the answer is no. It's heartbreaking that we're not going to have all the answers. But we can think about how invested so many people across the world have been in this case. Tuning in, listening, watching coverage for new developments, new information. And at the heart of it has been Gabby, wanting justice for Gabby. And that will not change. Gabby will always be at the heart of this case. Years from now, when we think back to this case, we're gonna think of Gabby and I think that Gabby and her legacy is never going to die. She has left a permanent mark on this world. She has raised awareness for other missing people's cases and helped us realize that there are lots of missing people, missing children, missing adults all over the world, and we don't talk about them enough. The media doesn't report on them enough that we have work to do in that area. Reporters have work to do in covering more missing person cases. And we as individuals have more work to do. I talked in a previous episode about the National Missing and Exploited Children's um, Registry and Foundation. It's a website. Most people don't even know it exists. You can go onto this website and it, you can filter to see a list of results of different people based on your location, based on most recent date, based on, um, 
you know, child, adult, different factors, you can filter and find a list of missing people. And then after you have this list, which I had suggested before, searching locally in your city, in your town, in your area, because there is likely one that is close to your area, and then you can find out more information. Has the media already reported on it? Reaching out to family members and friends. Asking how you can help. Are there search efforts going on? How can you be of help? So as much as we want to point fingers at the media, there's also some work that we can do as individuals in bringing missing person cases to light and getting involved. And Gabby has also brought to light the importance of domestic violence awareness and helping people recognize domestic violence signs. And the Gabby Petito Foundation has already been started and initiated. And I am awaiting eagerly to hear what they do for domestic violence awareness. It is definitely needed and it's going to make a really big impact. And all this is so important. So important. And so although this case has partially come to a close, all of those things are going to continue forward. And it's our job to push some of those things forward. As I mentioned last night, visiting the Gabby Petito Foundation website, sharing information coming out from there, donating, getting involved in fundraisers and campaigns they have. I already talked about, you know, helping with missing person cases in our area. All of that is going to be on us to continue this forward. This case could fall off the map and be a forgotten memory for most Americans if we let it. Or this case can be a significant marker on the map. A marker where we turned a corner to make change together. I hope that you will join me moving forward. Join me in keeping Gabby Petito's memory alive. In remembering what's been at the heart of all of this. I look forward to covering more missing person cases, more crime cases, If you have any cases you would love for me to cover, please tweet me at MYS Headlines. I would love to cover a missing person case that has not gotten much news media or buzz. I think that is important. Until next time, thank you for listening.